What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Murders, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, a little bit of business. Uh, We have another show. Speaking of missing persons, make sure you're getting out there and checking that out, because if you like what you're hearing on this show, you'll probably like that show. Uh, We also have a Patreon, where we're putting out bonus episodes every other week, so make sure you're getting subscribed to that so you don't miss out on those. And... uh, don't forget to leave us five stars wherever you're listening. Hit that follow button so you're not missing any of our new episodes. They're out every week. Today's episode, Shauna is going to be telling us the second half of Gary Heidnick, right? Did I say that right, Heidnick? Yes. Okay. You did. Um, before we get into the episode today, this one deserves a trigger warning. It's especially rough, especially disgusting. We try and tell the most clear picture of the story you know we can get and and give you a real idea of what the victims in these stories went through um this one at least the second half of this story is especially rough so trigger warning ahead of time if you're uncomfortable with any kind of sexual assault or uh, physical mutilation this might not be the episode for you but you've been warned so Good luck. I don't don't want to. Where we left off was basically Gary not, uh, like, facing any consequences for abusing his wife, Betty. I would also like to start this episode with that Gary thought that he was a half-black man. Oh, okay. Um, but he's completely white. He is. He said that his mom told him this, and after she had divorced his dad, she married, uh, like, two or three black men. But not all at the same time, I'm no. assuming. No, <laughs> not all at the same time. But he's a white man. Gotcha. So, if we didn't already pick up on it in the first episode, the dude's definitely got some mental illness going on. Oh, Absolutely. He also preferred uh, black or, what's the word I'm looking for? Hispanic? No, the oriental women. Oh, Oh, okay. And I would like to say that all of these girls are between the ages of 18 and 25. Oh, boy. Just to get that out of the way. All right. Which, do we know how old he was at this time? Um, well, he started doing this in 1986, and he was born in 43. So he'd be 43? Gross. In 86, he'd be 43. And before we get into the story, a lot of these women he had picked up either through the church or mental hospitals, or they were sex workers. So a lot of them were mentally handicapped women. What a douche. 
Yeah, that's like a whole different level of predator, you know, that you're preying on young, mentally handicapped women. Because for some reason in my head, when you were telling the first part, I was not envisioning them being young. I was like envisioning them being around his same age. Forties and fifties. Right. In this church. But now it's like, okay, that makes it even. Yeah, they're like half his age. And before I forget, while all this is happening, he's still bringing women home. So, okay. What do you mean? Like outside of the women that he's abusing? Yes. Like dates. He's bringing dates to his house while he's doing this. What we're going to talk about. Which we don't want to talk about. Sweet. So, now that you have all of the side background that I don't want to keep mentioning over and over again, let's get started. November 26th, 1986, the day before Thanksgiving, Gary was driving around when he spotted a woman named Josefina Rivera. All right. She was a sex worker, but that day specifically, she had only left her house because her and her boyfriend were fighting pretty much all day long. That is when Gary had pulled up in his Cadillac. She got into his car because he looked like he was made of money. And she also, she had kids. She had three kids, so she was trying to help pay for Thanksgiving dinner also for the next day. He then drove her to McDonald's where he bought himself, I think, a coffee. She was making small talk, like asking him his name and told him that hers was Nicole. Okay. She also said that he looked and smelled horrible. He he just looked disgusting. So why did she think he had money? Because, because of, of the Cadillac. say probably because of the Cadillac. He was wearing a leather jacket that was, like, really worn. She said it looked dusty, like it had never been cleaned. Okay. Okay, so he looked and smelled like shit, but he had this real nice car. Yeah, and he, I don't know. I don't know how this man picked up anybody. After McDonald's, they had gotten back into his car and drove to his house in the slums. And he lived here specifically because people minded their damn, their fucking business. Like, there was constantly screams and gunshots and cars getting broken into, and you fucking name it, it was there. So he could go under the radar there. Basically. By the way, he was still hosting church while all this happened as well. But he picked this place specifically so that he could do whatever the fuck he wanted whenever. Mm-hmm. There's just so much crime that no one was paying attention to whatever he right. was doing. Kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer did. He picked his place based on the fact that people were minding their business there. Yeah, well, I'm just picturing this neighborhood's, you know, pretty busy, kind of noisy and loud. There's crime going on regularly somewhere, so nobody pays attention if someone's quiet. Right. So... He walked her into the house. Basically, was it an actual house? Yeah, it was a house. Okay. Um, okay, so his house was described to have pennies on the wall in the, like, that was like wallpaper in the kitchen, $1 bills in the living room, and fives and tens and twenties in the hallway. And now, are these like, like real? It's yeah. real money. Yeah, are real these money. Like glued there or like push pins? Like how is he? No, got it's these like on the wall? glued down like wallpaper. What the? Seriously? Yeah. 
Okay. I that mean, was something that Josephina depending on the wallpaper no you buy, that could be cheaper. I'm just saying. Technically, yes. But odd interior design choices. Right. He had asked her if she wanted to watch a movie also, and she's like, nah, I just want to get back to my kids. The babysitter's waiting on me, like, trying to, like, make him hurry. She just wanted the money. So we walked her into the bedroom where there was a waterbed. Of course there's a fucking waterbed. He then handed her... The money, which I think was only like 30 bucks. And then they had sex. Once they had finished, she had gotten up and put on her shirt. But before she could grab her pants, Gary had his hand around her throat. And just before she was about to pass out, she got out, All all right, I'll do anything you say, but don't hurt me. So he let her go. She didn't realize until she had hit the floor that he had put one handcuff on her on one of her wrists oh boy he then demanded she stand up and put her hands behind her back then to add insult to injury he took the money back of course don't they always yes what an asshole gary proceeded to force her into the cold basement wearing only her shirt he used you know how sarah described that one case where he like hooked her around a pole yeah, Robert Hansen. Yeah, Robert Hansen. Yeah, okay. Well, basically, when he Bobby used... got confused about a toe hook and a, like, toe hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, basically, what he did was he used a muffler, muffler clamp, a chain, and he, like, super glued the bolts down around a pipe that was in the basement. All right. So, the, like, the way that I pictured it was the muffler clamp is around the ankle, or around the pole, I'm sorry around the pipe and then the chain is fed through that and wrapped around her ankle but he had super glued all of the bolts he used to attach these things gotcha and it wasn't just an ankle it was both okay all right uh after he had done that he made her sit down on a like mattress that he had just thrown down there and he laid his head in her lap and went to sleep what seriously yeah That makes no fucking sense. Look, I'm going to chain you up, practically rape you because the, you know, I'm going to pay you, but then I'm going to keep the money. And then I'm going to put myself in a vulnerable position and just go to sleep on your lap. Yep. Well, I mean, Robert Hansen went to sleep afterwards. On a couch out of reach. Some people believe he was closer than... Yeah, but... I'm just saying, if he's falling asleep on her lap, he's close enough to get his nose bit off. True. Get his eyes gouged, but something. if you're chained... Yeah, I don't know, man. It just seems fucking weird. It is weird. The next day, she had woken up and Gary was gone. She noticed... She started looking around and she noticed a window that was boarded up, a chest freezer a pool table, a washer and dryer, and a hole in the concrete floor. It was like a shallow pit, and it was like slightly under the concrete floor, but not completely at this point. Soon, Gary walked down the stairs with an egg sandwich and orange juice. Did he give her a bottle of lotion? I was going to say, I'm Tell her to put it on the skin? Buffalo Bill vibes with a shallow hole in the basement? Yeah, but it's like shot, like... 
Hey, Alex, I'll give you more explanation on this this whole real soon. Okay. It's not like a deep pit like in Silence of the Lambs. No, it's like it's like a shallow. You'll understand. Okay. Soon, well, so he gave he brought her food, and she didn't eat it because she was in fear of being poisoned. I don't blame her. Yeah. Or drugged. And so she just refused. Well, when she had refused, Gary was like, fine, fuck off. And then turned around and started digging this hole out. And what he was doing was he was trying to make it wider and a little bit deeper so that it went more under the concrete. Yeah, he's like trying, like from what I'm understanding, he's digging underneath the concrete, leaving the concrete, but like digging... Almost like tunneling? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So while he is doing this, he tells her, I want to get 10 women and keep them here and get them all pregnant. Then when they have babies, I want to raise those children here too. We'll be one big happy family. Oh yeah. Happy for sure. Definitely. The happiest family ever. He put the shovel down, walked over to Josefina, and made her perform oral sex on him before vaginally raping her. He then walked back upstairs. At this point, she was not fucking around and managed to free one ankle, use a cue stick to pry the boards off the window. She crawled out and started screaming as loud as possible. But Gary heard her. Well, of course. Because she's still technically strapped to the pole in the basement. Right. So, when she had pulled one ankle out, it said that it gave her about a 12-foot range. He had went into the backyard and, like, was beating her to try to get her back through the window. And when that wasn't working, he came back around into the basement and basically pulled her in by the ankle. The fuck? He then put her in the pit in the floor and covered it with plywood, but she was screaming that she couldn't breathe because the hole wasn't big enough. He then took her out, beat her with a stick, which the stick was the, like, back end of the shovel, and then put her back into this pit. And it was so small that she was in, like, a fetal position with her chin touching her chest and her knees bent upwards. Jeez. He then put the plywood back over top of it and then put sandbags on top. And then so that people couldn't hear her screams, he brought a radio down and just turned it up as loud as possible. This guy is like the real life Buffalo Bill. And and imagine bringing dates home because he's still doing this. He's still holding church services. People are still in and out of his house. And he's got this going on in his basement. Right. November 29th, 1986, Gary returned to the basement where Josephina was still in the hole. He was bringing another girl into the basement with him, and her name was Sandra Lindsay. He pulled Josephina out of the hole and introduced them to one another. Gary had... Gary and she, Sandy's telling this to Josephina, had met at the mental hospital... Sandy often attended his church, and she had once upon a time been pregnant with Gary's child, but had aborted it. Sandy was mildly mentally handicapped, and she she said to Josephina that he told her she was going to have his child one way or another. Like, whether she fucking liked it or not, she was going to bear his children. 
An hour after he had went back upstairs, he returned with crackers and bottled water. He left them alone again for a couple hours, then came back downstairs to dig more before raping both women, either orally or vaginally. The next day, he was in the basement to feed them oatmeal and when Sandy's sister and I think another person, like her brother, brother-in-law or someone, was like beating on Gary's door. And he was just thoroughly ignoring it wanting them to just go away well after sandy's sister had left he had went downstairs with a piece of paper and forced her to write a letter to her mom that said dear mom do not worry i will call and then proceeded to take it to new york to mail it to make her look like she had ran away so he's got them chained up or in this hole or whatever in his basement has her write this note and then leaves town yeah well, it's not that far because he's in Pennsylvania. November 30th to, to December 21st, 1986, a routine, a routine developed. He would bring them food. The girls would be huddled together for warmth because at this point, both of them are just in shirts. Basically, any girl that goes down here, all she gets is a shirt. Rape, getting threatened, or actually beaten is their day-to-day life. Not long after he had taken... The first two, he had put an eye hook in the ceiling. And the way that this eye hook was used was it would force them into a standing position. So he would cuff one wrist to the eye hook and basically force them to stand. And if they weren't tall enough, they would be stuck on their tiptoes or they would be dangling by a wrist. So he's adding methods of torture here. Sandy's family was still coming by and had eventually reported her missing. But when the cop looked up Gary's name because they they know Sandy knew Gary. Right. None of his background record had pulled up on the computer, so they didn't even go look. They didn't even go question him. How convenient. December 22nd, 1986, Gary would pick up another girl named Lisa Thomas. She, like, he pulled up and offered her a vacation to Atlantic City, and she got in the car, but when she did, she's like, I don't have clothes to go on vacation, and he's like, shit, I'll take you shopping. So he did. He handed her 50 bucks and let her buy whatever the fuck she wanted. He then took her back to the house and followed the same routine he did with Josefina. He put her down in the basement, and once down there, she saw Josefina and Sandy come up out of the pit. Like, he had let them out once he got Lisa all set up down there. He, before letting them eat, after getting all of his shit worked out, he made Lisa literally kiss his ass and then perform oral sex and then raped her just so that the three women could eat. He needed to assert his dominance, his authority. Yeah, this is unreal. And it's only gonna get worse. Oh my god. January 1st, 1987. Gary would add another woman named Deborah Johnson. Dudley. To this harem of horror. Deborah would cause Gary nothing but aggravation. She was disrespectful and not obedient at all. Fucking good. Good. Josephina, by this point, was learning how to manipulate Gary. She was getting special treatment and better punishment like better treatment entirely like 
when punishments were dished out, all the other girls were getting pissed because Josefina just was not a part of it. Because she, I will tell you, I'll just kind of give you a glimpse into the future here. Josefina was working on escape. So is she the only one so far that doesn't have a mental disability? Lisa doesn't either, to my knowledge. Lisa was on her way to a friend's house when she got picked up. I was just wondering, because I... But Deborah, they met at the mental institute. Okay. And Sandy. Yeah. Because, uh, side note, he had a whole ass van that he had put a bed in and would take to the mental hospital just so that uh, the patients there could get a quick fuck with him. Oh my god. In the parking lot. He is a very disgusting human being. You ain't kidding. Jesus. So, Josephine is getting better treatment and the girls are getting pissed with every reason. He was also purposely establishing a hierarchy between them. Like, he, before he would leave, he'd be like, hey, Lisa, you're in charge, and then leave. And then when he would return, he would be like, hey, Lisa, was anyone bad? And if she didn't name another girl, she was getting beaten. So it was either be beaten or get someone else beaten. Well, yeah, his goal, he unfortunately needs them to not like each other. So they don't come together. Revolt, basically. Yeah. So the goal is have complete control and also make them hate one another. His punishment... You you see that in that one case where the three girls were taken by uh, that guy in Ohio. I think it was Ohio. I don't know. The one where the girl got out through pushing the screen door at the bottom and a neighbor saw her hand yep I remember and that. he had taken the three of them because they knew his daughters and they were living in that house for 10 years yeah it was fucked and up. that's what he did the whole entire time is make them hate one another yeah not just hate him but make them hate one another so they wouldn't work together against him his punishments around this time were being hit with a shovel handle the pit restricted diet handcuffed to the eye hook he would make them beat each other and if they didn't do it adequately adequately he would then either beat them for doing a horrible job or he would just take over the beating entirely he was still raping at least if at least one of them every day Sometimes more than one, sometimes not, but at least one every day. And at this point, he started, it was a big debacle, actually, why this happened. But at this point, one girl a day got to go upstairs and take a bath. She stayed handcuffed, and Gary watched her. But when, as soon as that, that girl got back downstairs, she would be raped by him again. So it's like a fucking weird fucked up trade-off like, oh, I'll let you go get clean, but I'm immediately going to... When I say that they got to go upstairs to take baths because because he was basically bringing them tampons for when they were on their periods and whatever, but he was buying them like the disposable like towelettes, like baby wipes to clean themselves with. And 
One day, Deborah had pulled two out of the package instead of one, and he beat the fuck out of her for it. And then I guess he felt bad, so then he started giving them baths. What a piece of shit. Like, she accidentally pulled two. It wasn't like she was trying to. You know how, like, baby yeah, wipes stick together. Yeah, you know, like, together. sometimes two, yeah, I get you. That's when he felt guilty? At this point, also, he had added dog food to their diet. Of course. Because why not? If you're wondering, because I've, I've read all this in detail, I'm giving you not actually that much detail. If you're wondering, he was feeding his one, his dogs one day and then just for shits and giggles thought it would be funny to force the girls to eat it. And then he's like, ah, this is cheap. Let's do it. Wow. January 18th. What is it? 1969? Seven. Ni- oh, 80. Yeah, there you go. Seven. 1987. <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of dates in here, guys. Jacqueline Askin was added to the girls. So now there's six total down in the... Five total down in this basement. On February 7th, 1987, Sandy had been hanging by one wrist for a straight week. What the fuck? But, okay. She was being punished for trying to move the plywood that was covering her on the pit, like, while she was in the pit. She looked horrible and was throwing up and complaining of a fever, and Gary ignored her and started to force-feed her. And by force-feed her, he was putting bread in her mouth and then covering her mouth until she swallowed this bread. He had walked away after force-feeding her, and she had fell semi-unconscious. And so the other women started Josephina. She, was, she like, didn't want Sandy to get in more trouble, so she's like, Sandy, stand back up. Like, stand back up. So all of these girls are, like, yelling at her to, like, stand up. And she didn't. And so Gary heard the commotion and came downstairs and yelled at her to stand up. So she did. She straightened up. And then he left again. And as soon as she didn't feel his presence, she went lax yet again. And then he came back downstairs soon after, unhandcuffed her. And when she hit the ground, he kicked her into the pit and called her a faker. He then dished out three bowls of ice cream. He gave one to Josefina, one to Lisa, and took one upstairs. After he had finished his ice cream, he came back downstairs, pulled Sandy out of the hole, and looked at her for a good minute, and then just said out loud, she choked on a piece of bread. Oh, she was dead? She was dead. She had literally choked on the amount of bread he had shoved in her mouth. Have you ever eaten bread without liquids? It's damn near fucking impossible. Well, not only that, he freaking left her there for a week. Oh, and yeah, she was weak. Her. And she had been vomiting. And so he grabbed her body, took her upstairs, dismembered her, ground up what he could of her body, fed some of it to the dogs, and then some of it to the women. What he couldn't grind up, he just tried to cook whole. Oh, wait. He didn't cook this girl's meat before feeding it to the... Uh, the dogs, I think he gave it to them raw. I think he gave all of them it raw. They were so starving that one of the dogs had actually ran downstairs with one of Sandy's bones that had just a chunk of raw meat on it, and they wanted to snatch it from the dogs. So... 
This tells you how horrible this situation really was. They didn't care. They've some of them have been in there for Josephina two months. Has, Josephina and Sandy had been in there for f- in total. Josephina was down in this basement for four months. I was gonna say from November to February. That's where we're at oh, right yeah. now. Okay. So Sandy had also been down in there for four months at this point. And they were starving. Because he was literally feeding them crackers and dog food. And not even abundance of it. Just a little. The smell of her cooking on the stove was so horrible that neighbors called the cops and complained. But when they showed up, they they just looked at him and went, Hey man, I think you overcooked your roast. And walked away. Uh, Excuse me, what? That night in four months is the only night that none of the girls got raped. The day after, though, it had started all over again. February 8th to February 18th, Sandy's death caused Gary to encourage the other girls to, like, tell of any escape plans, like, being talked about amongst them. And he would reward them with not going in the pit, sort of better food, a little bit more freedom. I don't know what those freedoms were, but he was trying to make sure that there was no escapes trying to happen. He also decided that he didn't want to be want them to be able to hear when he was home or not home or what he was doing. So buckle up because this is what really made me cry. He took Deborah, Lisa, and Jacqueline, cuffed one hand to the eye hook, and then one of their ankles to the floor shoved plastic bags into their mouths to muffle their screams, got behind them with one arm around their throats, like choking them, and then with a small, medium, and large screwdriver separately to try to make this work for him, he pushed it into each of their oh, ears no. uh-uh. nope. and no. twisted it until pus was coming out of them. To try to deafen them. Christ. So they they had this done to each ear three separate times. That's a horrific. Piece. Each one of them. That is a whole different why, level of torture. Why I'm, just the three of them? I'm because Josephina was the girl. She knew she was You know, I've been listening to true crime for years at this point and never have I heard of something on that level of horrible i know and i am telling this amount of detail because these women deserve for their story to be fucking told so soon gary would start using electric shock as punishment also so how he did this was he took an extension cord and the part where you plug things into it he had cut it to bare wire Then he had plugged it into the wall and then would touch it to their chains just for shits and giggles. Like, he literally laughed about it as they would jump and scream. Yeah, I mean, why not? He already shoved screwdrivers into their ears. Why not shock the shit out of them, too? I mean, I thought his goal here was to have babies. Yeah, not not to torture them relentlessly he wanted them to be so compliant that he could have unchained them and they would have stayed that is his goal and you'll see that once we start talking about josephina again okay he 
would also do this while submerging them in water. Jeez, was he trying to just fucking kill them? He was trying to scare them. That is his goal, is to scare them. March 18th would be the day that Deborah's life would end. Gary forced Deborah, Lisa, and Jacqueline into the pit. Now, I'm pretty sure it was Jacqueline, so basically Jacqueline was on the bottom in a squat position, and then Lisa and Deborah were, like, basically on top of her because, like I said, this pit is not very big. He then made Josephina fill it with water because there was an air hole just in the plywood and then also made her touch the wire to the chain. Well, the chain that was touched was Deborah's, and she started screaming, he is killing me. Then, a moment later, she had just fell limp into the water. After that, Jacqueline and Lisa were like, Dude, you have killed her. He didn't, he didn't really care. He had went upstairs. He was upstairs trying to find another wire. Because he thought that that one was faulty. And when he came back downstairs, they're like, you killed her. And so he basically uncovered them, made them stick their hands up out of the water so that they could be uncuffed. And then he drug... Lisa, Jacqueline, and Deborah's body out of the water. He laid Deborah basically just on the floor. He finished uncuffing the girls and like putting them back onto their chains. He then proceeded to feed uh, Jacqueline, Lisa, and Josephina dog food sandwiches. Then over dinner, blamed Deborah for Sandy's death. And then made Josephina write a letter stating that her and Gary had killed Deborah together on March 18th at 6.30 p.m. to keep her from going to the cops about it. He also made Lisa and Jacqueline sign it as witnesses to make it legal, I guess. He then walked upstairs, leaving Deborah's body overnight. The next day, he would come down and wrap it in plastic and put her in the freezer. You know, I'm kind of surprised that he had her include him on that letter and didn't just say that she killed Deborah. Yeah, I think he, like I said, he is trying to bind them. As, as yeah, much he's as trying possible. to make it like we're in this together. Yeah, you see, you did it too. It's not just me that's a fucked up individual. It's both of us, right? And I mean, gotcha. yes, yes, Josephina filled it with water, and yes, she touched the chains. Yeah, but, but what she choice was did she forced. have? It was a forced thing. Yeah, I just yeah, no, I have a hard time understanding the way this motherfucker's brain works. He just wants them to be a family and that is Am why he I is fucked forcing. up individual because I no. understand what's no. happening. No, I just... We've also ho- heard this story before. So, March 18th through the 23rd, Josephina's life got way better. Like, he started treating her like a girlfriend type better. Gross. Yeah. Like toilet paper and everything? Yeah, like living upstairs, going to hunt for other women type of girlfriend. Oh, oh he thinks he can trust her that much. Well, she just killed a woman for him. Not because she wanted to. Yeah, well, he's not smart enough to figure that out. She, okay, so Gary would take Deborah's body, 
within these couple days to the Pine Barrens to dispose of it. No shit. Huh. In case none of you know, we did a haunted story about the Pine Barrens on our Patreon. No, it was was on on our haunted haunted podcast podcast that is now R.I.P. Yeah, defunct haunting (laughs) podcast. I thought we... I mean, you can listen to it on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, you can still listen to it wherever. I never pulled that stuff down. We just well go check out the Pine Barrens episode because you'll you'll realize why we went. <laughs> so too bad the Jersey Devil didn't fly out of the Pine Barrens and, and rip his fucking eyeballs out and then shove his own dick down his throat. I agreed. That and drag. I him would to be the, a firm believer to if the he blue did. hole. I'd be a firm believer if he did. Um. So they disposed of her body in the Pine Barrens on March 22nd. Uh, And when I say they, I mean he made Josephina go. March 23rd, Josephina and Gary would take his Cadillac and find a new woman. And what's weird about this is they both knew her. Her name was Agnes Adams or Vicky. She were her and Josephina had worked at a club together. And Gary had picked her up before. So they took uh, Agnes back to the house where Gary did his bullshit. He let Josephina lock up. And on March 24th, Josephina was ready to put her plan in action. She was ready to get the fuck out of there. She had been thinking on it long enough. She felt like since he let her lock up the night before, she had gained enough trust because this bitch had made a personal house key. Like, he had a ring that you would have to use to unlock his front door, like, in everything. So she feels like she is trusted at this point. So she walked up to Gary, and she goes, Hey, can I see my family? And if you let me, like her kids, she's asking if she can go see her kids. She's been gone for four or five months at this point. I will give, I will return with another woman. Like, let me just go see my kids and I'll bring you another woman. And he's like, okay, but if you don't, I'm going to fucking kill you and turn you into the cops for killing Deborah. She's like, okay, okay. So they left the house. Now I want to tell you what's going on in this basement because it's good, bad. It's good, bad, better. When they had left the house for Josephina to go see her kids, Agnes was in the hole because she was new, but Lisa and Jacqueline were on the bed together with pillows, blankets, and a TV. He had felt so bad for Deborah's death that he started to give them things. So now they're in the basement a little more comfortable, which, good for them. For at least getting that. Yeah, but somebody had to die for that. I understand. Horrible. But at least they're not freezing to death like they had been for months on end. So they left and they had like pulled into this like gas station parking lot. Kind of in walking distance from where she said her kids were. And so she gets out of the car and she's like slowly walking towards her house and as soon as she gets out of his sight line she books it for the apartment that she had left the day she was taken where her boyfriend was okay so she starts beating on this door and he opens it in surprise to see her after months of just 
gone. Yeah, right. five months. And she starts like just word vomiting what has happened. And he's like kind of in disbelief. He's like, I don't believe you. If it's real, let me go kick this dude's ass. And Josephine is like, absolutely not. She's like, I do not want you to do that because you'll scare him and he'll possibly go back and kill all the girls. And he, her boyfriend's like, fine, I'll walk you to a pay phone and we'll call the cops. Over the phone, the police didn't believe her story either. But they're like, okay, we'll dispatch someone. We'll come talk to you in person. So she's like, okay. So when they got there, she's like, look at my fucking ankles. Like, I'm telling you the truth. This man has women captive in his basement. And they're like, looking at her ankles, which are scarred from all the chains that she'd been wearing. And they're like, oh, fuck. Okay. And she's like, we're supposed to meet at this gas station at midnight. And so they go and pick Gary up right there. And when he was arrested, he kept going, oh, am I being arrested for like late child support payments? And they're like, no, you fucking idiot. You're being arrested because you have women captive in your fucking basement. He's like, nah, I don't. No, I don't. This has to be for the child support. So he like thought no. This he was, was a legit conversation he, he had with them. He thought he was going to talk his way out. Of yeah, it. he was going to uh-huh. yeah, n- like completely get away with it. Okay. Yeah. So now Gary and Josephina are at the police station being questioned separately, where Gary is being a fucking moron, and Josephina is trying to explain to them and give them enough evidence which they needed because at five a.m. they needed a search warrant to break into the house. They got it. Which that's Josephina no longer the case. Because Josephina had all this evidence. So they broke in. They freed all three of the other girls and immediately drove them to the hospital. After only nine days in jail, Gary had tried to commit suicide in the shower. Of course. Which, again, was just an attempt. He did not successfully do so. He was charged and convicted of... Two counts of first-degree murder, six counts of kidnapping, five counts of rape, four counts of aggravated assault, two counts of involuntary deviated sexual intercourse, and for the piece, the the grand uh, finale. Yes. The he was, icing on top. Yep. He was executed July 6, 1999 by lethal injection. Good. He got the worst of the death penalty yeah especially in 1999 that shit was no science oh it's the biggest mishapped that's what i'm saying in 1999 there was lethal injection he deserved way worse than that in my fucking opinion and even though they say it's the most humane it's the most fucked up yeah because so many horrible things can happen but if you want to josephina has written a book and she's still beautiful she is still beautiful. They all were actually gorgeous women. See, that's why we have the death penalty. Yeah, it's for sick fucks like Gary. All right. If you enjoyed our telling of the story, let us know. Leave us five stars wherever you're listening. Make sure you're hitting the follow button so you don't miss any new episodes coming out in the future. Make sure you check out the Patreon. Get subscribed to that so that you're not missing the bonus episodes every other week. And... uh yeah, does anyone have any final thoughts? No. I can't believe they waited 10 years to finally off his ass for all of that. 
I do hope give that him, he, you know, time to appeal. Yeah, but my final thought is, fuck Gary Heidnick. Absolutely. Good final thought. Yep. I concur. All right. Well, we'll see y'all back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.